Welcome to Occupying Force. We're your hosts, Kimberly and Richard Wilson. Today's episode is Occupational Hazards. You know, God wants to fully occupy our hearts, and this is the first place of Holy Spirit occupation, the heart. It has enemies that try to prevent this from happening. In this episode, we will talk about Jesus' parable of the sower in Luke 8 and how to identify the occupational hazards that keep our hearts from being good ground for the eternal Word of God. Stay tuned to learn more. I'm going to use what might be a new term for you today. We call it self-government or even self-occupation. What we mean by self-government, the first place of your stewardship is in the arena of self-government. Simply what that means is the first place that you want to see the power of Christ working is in your own life. To be able to take hold of all of the benefits and the attributes of Jesus and see those things operating or manifesting in your own life. So as we go through this today, we'll talk about some things from the standpoint of self-government. We're going to read from Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 4. And this is the parable of the sower. In some of your translations, it says parable of the soil. And, you know, Jesus, at this point, he is sitting by the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden, all these people from all these different towns are there to hear these wonderful parables, these mysteries, these teachings that he was going throughout the land to declare. And in order to be able to have his voice amplified, he hopped in a boat and sat in the boat and spoke to them out in the Sea of Galilee area. And here's what he said. It said, and when a great multitude were coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke the way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it out. And other seed fell into the good ground and grew up, and produced a crop a hundred times as great. As he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples began questioning him as to what this parable might be. And he said, To you it is granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is in parables in order that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God and those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. And those on rocky soil are those when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. And the seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to maturity. And the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart, and hold it fast, and bear fruit with perseverance. So we see in this passage of Scripture, 
that Jesus makes it clear he's talking to a crowd and he gives it a parable. And then he turns and he says to those that were his disciples that were close to him that there's mysteries that he indeed wants to unfold. We understand that from what Jesus talked about in John 14, 16, that the one then who opens up the mysteries to us is Holy Spirit. And we recognize that he talks about that the seed then is the word. And in this case, it's very clear the word that is being talked about is yes, a written word, but a word that comes forth from the mouth of God, a word that is coming forth in this case from the Son of God, Jesus himself. And that word then, it's like a substance. It, it has the ability to go in and begin to occupy wherever it goes. And what he comes back and he does is he then shows these are enemies, resistors to that substance. So we could call them like enemies to self-government. Those things are going to do everything they can to keep then the substance of the eternal word from fully occupying us. And the first thing that he mentions as the resistor is the enemy himself, the devil. So he literally says the devil's standing there all the time. And we know that that means the devil in all his cohorts, his structures. And when the word is then given, the devil wants to come immediately and steal that substance, steal that eternal word. So he makes that clear. And so then in the second one, we recognize that he's talking about rocky soil. And here, the people that are hearing it, they're being influenced by that substance and they receive it. But as soon as they receive it, then there's something that takes place that he talks about temptation. So if we're going to look at this and we're going to call them enemies for the occupation of the substance of the eternal word, the devil's one of those. The second one we see here is temptation itself. And so there's something that comes. And again, who's the tempter? The devil's the tempter. So he's going to bring something. James talks about it. He comes and he just he dangles it in front of you to see if you're going to take it or you're going to say no to it. In this particular instance, and what happens, temptation comes. And when the temptation comes, they give in to it. So the third resistor, the third enemy to the substance of the eternal word is that which has to do with worries. He says literally worries, anxiety, stress, those things in life will choke out the word. And when worry is there, then what happens is, and we, we all do it, if we come to a place in our life and worry or anxiety, stress comes in, then our vision is taken off course because we're, am, am I going to have enough to eat? Oh, am, am I going to be able to pay these bills? Oh, and as soon as that happens, he, he even uses the word, then the riches, the pleasures of life, those things then come in and that eternal substance of the word is then removed once again. So we see it as an enemy. And then lastly, he talks about good ground. And he said, these are the ones who have heard the word. So again, they've heard that eternal word then that which has the, the power to occupy comes. And when it comes, then because there's a transparency in them 
and they have a heart that's ready that says, okay, I want to, I want to receive this word. And at that point, they receive that word, and it even says that they hold it. They hold fast to it. So there's something in them that says, I'm, I'm not going to let anything rob this new substance. And then it says they bear fruit with perseverance, which means when they take hold of it, and if you can think of that fruit, that fruit then, it, it, there's a substance to it. I want you to see it as something tangible. So if you're going to take and say, drive something out, something is occupying. The things of the world are what are occupying around you, the, the devil, the, the worries, all those things. Well, it's going to take something to drive it out. So it's the same thing if you had something in a container and you want to drive it out of the container. Well, you're going to push something into that container that has the ability to force that other substance out. And that's the power of the eternal word. So what happens here is as that substance comes in, then they grab hold of it. And then the, the very, uh, I'd say the, maybe the ingredients of it, the attributes of it, the power of it has the ability then to drive out all those other things that are resistors, that are robbers. And so at that point, then you are occupied. You are occupied by the substance of the eternal word. So it's a force. It is a force. A substance is a force. If you've studied anything in science, there, there are forces that are at work. I mean, wind, when it's coming through at a high velocity, it's a force that causes things to move. If you can see that the substance of Holy Spirit and the attributes of God are a force that drive out darkness, you can see how that becomes the occupying force when it comes in and dispels the dark that's there. And when we understand that with this, then let's make it clear when that substance comes. And we said it's a mystery. So what happens is the Holy Spirit takes that word that is being released. A revelation comes. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I, I see this. But you're not just seeing it mentally. No, you're recognizing it. And there's something that's taking place in your heart. Your heart is the first place of occupation. We all know this. We've lived it. If we're just talking about the occupation that takes place in our brain, well, then our brain is open to all kinds of things. And it's like a computer. And, but it's the heart that's the place of life. So the first place when we talk about, if we want to talk about self-government or self-occupation, means that we allow that substance to come into our heart. So the heart is the first place, if we use the word, it's the first place of the enforcer for the rest of our life. So that whatever else is there that needs to be removed or even driven out, it's from the place of our heart. So our heart's very important. And so in this, then, when this takes place, and he's talking about you're holding on, it means that you're going to guard that substance in your heart. You're not going to allow anything else to come and begin to steal that or remove it. And, and scripture talks about guarding your heart, protecting then that substance that's there. And then what takes place, and again, it's, it's all by grace. 
We can go to Ephesians and say, hey, no, we were all in that place under the effects of the devil, under the effects of, of a fallen world with temptation all around us, all of the effects that have to do with worries. We, we've all lived in that. And so what we're saying now is there's a grace, there's an enabling power with that new substance that will then give the Holy Spirit, as a key word, will give the Holy Spirit complete daily access to us so that then his government, his government rules in us. And so any other foreign government, any other foreign demonic dark government that wants to come rule in us won't be able to do that. So we want to walk in that place where we're fully being occupied by the Spirit of God. So once again in it, we want to make clear in this because it, all of the burden of that stays on Holy Spirit. He's the only one has the power to do it. So we're not talking about a works without Holy Spirit. We're talking about no Holy Spirit that then empowers whatever works he wants to take place through us. So I want to share with our listeners my personal experience of going through each of these four stages till I got to the point where Holy Spirit became the occupying force in my own life. And I grew up in church, you know, phase one of this, I'm besides the road, you know, the seed was sown into my life as I went to the Episcopal Church growing up. And I loved going to church. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed being part of the Sunday school programs. I played the organ for the choir. And all those things were wonderful, but there was never a good foundation of who God is and never understanding that he was a person. It was just all about good works and really no understanding. So when I became a teenager, I decided to go my own way and it, it didn't go very well for me. So that was the end of that. And I turned my back on God and went my own direction. You know, fast forward a few years later and I have my daughter and I feel convicted that she needs to be baptized like I had been in the Episcopal Church because it was my understanding that, you know, you have to baptize them for them to be accepted by God. So I went to another Episcopal Church there in the town I was living in and went through all the, the motions of getting her baptized and all that. But really, there was absolutely no foundation in that. And, you know, there were more fun things to do in life than to go to church every Sunday morning. So again, things fell away. But then later on, she was in a Church of God daycare. And the Pentecostal ladies that were there, they kept inviting me to come to revival. And so I decided to go. And in that experience, I touched God. I heard God. I think I might have gotten a touch of the Holy Spirit, but I'm not sure that I actually got filled with Holy Spirit. You know, they were the, the ones that would pull you off to the side and tell you, say, hallelujah, 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 over and over again. And, and you were supposed to take off into speaking in tongues. I'm not sure if I ever did. I got baptized again in that place, uh, full immersion, because my childhood one wasn't appropriate according to their theology. And, and so I did all that. But my home life had gotten very bad during that time to the point that violence was breaking out. It was very awful to live in that situation. And I felt like I needed to turn my back on going to church because it would make my home life easier. So again, I walked away 
worry had taken over and it, I, I went there. But then at 28, the Lord really moved upon my heart. And I was filled with desperation. My life was a train wreck. And I decided to go back to that which I'd always known, the Episcopal Church. But this time, I walked into a spirit-filled Episcopal Church that had been touched by the Rodney Howard Brown revival. And when that happened, Holy Spirit got a hold of me. And I've never been the same again. There was nothing in me that ever wanted to go back. There was nothing that said, uh, let go of this and go take care of the things of the world. The, the temptations began to fall off one by one. Addictions that I had, habits that I had, they all began to fall away. Why? Because Holy Spirit became the occupying force in my life. And so I'm sharing that with you, the listener. Uh, maybe you're in one of those phases right now. And I really encourage you to ask the Lord, is there more? I didn't know that there was more until I had that fourth encounter with the Lord and Holy Spirit showed up in such a mighty way. Ask him, is there more to my walk with you than what I've been experiencing? That perhaps those things that you're feeling convicted about, the temptations you're going through, the thoughts going through your head, it's because you haven't come to that place of really being the good soil that he wants us to be. So just ask him and he's faithful to let you know. So let's just take a minute and we're just going to pray for you. And, and so, Father, we know that it is indeed your heart that people come to the place where they're fully occupied, filled up with your Holy Spirit. And to that place, God, where then all those resistors, all those enemies to you are driven out. So as our listeners listen today, God, we pray for each one of them, and we ask you, God, that you would come and that there would be a multiplied grace and that, Father, you would once again reveal to them and that their hearts would be such that they would open up and say yes and that you, Spirit of God, would come in and fully occupy their lives and they would begin immediately to see you changing them, you conforming them to the image of your son. And Kimberly and I just agree upon these things today in the magnificent name of Jesus. You were created to be occupied by the Holy Spirit force. Yes. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Occupying Force. We're glad that you joined us today. To learn more about the ministry of Richard and Kimberly Wilson, go to www.occupyingforce.org. And don't forget to subscribe. You can do that at cpnshows.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us.